NCAA regionals, you have four teams out of the Sun Belt. You have four teams from the state of Louisiana and Louisiana Raging Cajun Baseball who were going to be on the outside looking in. Let's be real. They weren't, they, they weren't going to be that far on the outside. They were going to be close, but they were going to be on the outside looking in if they didn't win the whole Sun Belt tournament. Weather came into play. It turned into three games, single elimination, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, boom. Dominant performance Friday. Jacob Schultz with an all-time legendary pitching performance Sunday, excuse me, Saturday against Texas State. And then Georgia Southern, just a, a gritty team, gets up 5 nothing. but that never-say-die Cajuns team. They, I mean, where, where do you even start? We got a lot to get into this morning, y'all. Jay Walker is going to be in in the 8 o'clock hour. We're going to induct a new tune into the TTT Hall of Fame. We're going to talk plenty about NCAA regionals, the College Station Regional, among other things. We're going to dig into all of it. But speaking of Jay, here's what his final call sounded like on Sunday when Brandon Talley came in. The Cajuns up, 7-6, bottom of the ninth. Bases loaded, two outs. He needs... One out, one out to end it. One out for Louisiana to punch their ticket to the NCAA regional. And he got it. The 1-0. Swung on, a fly ball hit to left center. Marshock. And the Cajuns win it. Brandon Talley gets it done. Let's dogpile. Everybody get on top. Louisiana is in the NCAA tournament. The Cajuns win the Sun Belt. Holy cow! The odds were so against them coming in. But Louisiana gets the automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. And now they are heading to College Station, Texas A&M, the number five overall seed. They are the tournament, they are the regional host, obviously. TCU in there. As the two seed, Oral Roberts as the four. So Louisiana scheduled to take on TCU this Friday at 7 o'clock. It's been a while since the Cajuns have been in a regional. And that was, is the standard. I won't say was, is the standard. You're you're supposed to be a, you know, program. A lot of history, rich tradition, a lot of support. Your regional team. And Coach Matt Degg said when he took over, this team is going to be a regional team. And he said before this season, we're going to be a regional team. And you will hear from Coach Matt Deggs in 10 minutes as I had a one-on-one exclusive with him yesterday. I went by his office yesterday afternoon, recorded the interview. We will play that for you in the next segment. But it, this this season would not have felt like a success if they don't get to a regional. And for so many reasons, it was emotional on Sunday. It was emotional after the game. It marked the 36th win of the season. Coach Rowe, number 36, 36 forever. There were a lot of parallels. There are a lot of parallels. And we'll get into all of that. But Brad Topham on the field after the game Sunday, this audio, uh, that the, the call from Jay Walker and what you're about to hear, courtesy of uh, Rage Cajun Sports Network from Learfield. It was, 
It was emotional. Here is Top talking to Coach Deggs after the win. It's all hard. It's hard for all of us. But, you know, you came here. You came with a purpose. It wasn't to build it. It was to restore everything that Tony built that you were a part of. You're not done. But to the Cajun Nation that supports you, to the parents that are here, and to we both know. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, I came back for, for two reasons, really three, and I've told the players and I've told a lot of people this. Me and my family, we knew what we were going to do, and that was one for the Robo Shows and uh, Coach and, and uh, Cajun Nation and for them saving our lives. And uh, two was for the 14 team, and we got some unfinished business. You do, and look, your seniors did it. And Jay Walker is a savant. He said, do not be surprised if in the ninth inning, Brandon Talley's on the mound. I'm not surprised, but could we have made just a easy on us? This has kind of been our MO, though, right? We're, Fall behind by five and no stop. No, we're fun. And I just want to say thank you to our fans, best fans in the country, Brian Maggard, for always standing by us. And, and these parents have been incredible this weekend. Our fans have been incredible. And more than anything, my family, because they've been through the ringer over the last three years. And they never wavered. Well, we know 36 is looking down. You know what? You're not done. Not done. Congratulations, Coach. Back up to you, Jay. All right, Brad. We'll take a final break. And then that was the post game interview. There. What? A, what a weekend, man. What a weekend. Well, uh, my conversation with Coach Deggs coming up in just a little bit. Also, have some um, player interviews. They aren't one on ones, but. We had access to a number of players yesterday after the selection show. Uh, Kevin Foote, uh, Raymond Parrish, and I, we were able to talk to a couple of guys. You'll hear some today, some tomorrow. But one of them, a guy that's been there for a long time, Austin Perrin. Let's play that for you right now. Yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of people reach out to me. It, it, you can't describe it. It's, it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. You know, our 36 winners, the conference championship, 436 is the inning out. Like, I don't You just can't talk about it. I texted Justin Robichaud after the game, and I was like, I don't even know what to say, man. Like, this is awesome. Like, this is for you and your family. Like, your dad meant the world to us, and we still talk about him every day. Like, it's for you guys. Having played for him, what's, I guess, the number one lesson he kind of instilled in you that you you still use today when you're on the mound? Work while you wait, man. It's it's the best one. Um, I mean, I, I struggled early this year, and I just I still have his wristband on, just like the work while you wait. It's just something you got to do every day in your life. And it, it's not always about baseball. It's about things in real life, too, that are going to come to you later on. Go ahead. You know, you guys go into the conference tournament, you have to wait all that time, right, because of the weather. It goes from double to single elimination. Did that change you guys' mindset at all? Because you guys seem to play your best, some of your best baseball of the year. Um, we kind of talked to the guys a little bit. Like, I remember last year at South Isle, we had three or four days of delays, and we didn't play. And we got swept there. We did not play well. So in those days that we were sitting at the hotel this weekend, we were like, let's like we went out and hit BP, still practice, like kept moving around. And I think it really helped us just with the mindset of like we have to win three games. Like we can sweep somebody. It doesn't matter. So Schultz helped us out a lot. He threw three hundred pitches and then 
we went out there on Sunday, we had a full pin and got it done. How special is it for you to end your career at a regional? Uh, I mean, it's something I've waited on for five years, and we got the right group of guys here. We've been talking about it since this fall, and that's been our goal. But our goal isn't just to get to a regional. Like, our goal is to get to Omaha. So starting tomorrow, we're going to push all this aside and get back to work. So. I know you just found out what it was, but you see College Station, Texas A&M, that regional. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Ball four. But, uh, no, I mean, we're going to open up with TCU. We played those guys last year. We know they're really good. They can pitch. They can hit. Oral Roberts, they're really good. They're a smaller name, but we know they can play. And then A&M, they're A&M. So we're going to go there and play our game, bunt, steal, play fast. What's your relationship like with Coach Matt Diggs? He's awesome. I mean, they couldn't have picked a better person for this job after Coach Rove, just because Coach Rove had such an open door, and I think Coach Diggs does a great job with that, too, just being a, a player's coach. I mean, we all love him, and we'll do anything for him. Is there kind of a give and take with him, you know? He kind of pushes you, but he wants you to push back a little bit? I mean, just a little bit. He, he wants to get the best out of you, and I think he really cares and he really loves you. And it showed this weekend, you know, like just all that love for with each other on the field of dog pounds. You will hear from Coach Matt Deggs, my conversation with him in just a couple of minutes. That was uh, Austin Perrin, a guy that's put in a lot of time in the program and, you know, played for Coach Rove, and his goal was to get to that regional. And, and I know for, for them, you know, there's some emotions of winning a tournament getting into a regional, but there's a lot more business to be had. That's something I'll talk to Coach Deggs about. They're, they're not just going there to play. They want to go there to win. And that's true of every team in the tournament, although I got to tell you, that's going to be awfully tough. It's going to be awfully tough for the teams in Knoxville. I mean, with respect to Georgia Tech, Campbell, and Alabama State, I know you want to go to win, but glad you're not playing. I mean, Tennessee is just on another level. Obviously, they're the number one overall seed. Um, but Stanford is the number two overall seed, and Texas State being sent to Stanford. That was a surprise. You know, many thought maybe Texas State would be in College Station, maybe Stillwater. No, they're getting sent out west to the number two overall seed, out in Corvallis, Oregon State, uh, the number three overall seed, Vandy, San Diego, and Mexico State, uh, Virginia Tech, number four, Coach John Shep, they're uh, the number four na- national seed, They've got Gonzaga, Columbia, and Wright State. College Station, A&M, number five national seed. Got TCU, Louisiana, and Oral Roberts. In Miami, Coral Gables, sixth seed Miami. Then Arizona, Ole Miss, Canisius, Stillwater, Oklahoma State. has got Arkansas, Grand Canyon, Missouri State. Greenville, the last national seed, top eight national seed. They're eighth. Uh, they have Virginia, Coastal Carolina. That's where they are heading. And Coppin State. And then you've got the seven in, uh, excuse me, the nine in uh, Texas. And, you know, once Texas State wasn't there, it was where are they heading. But Louisiana Tech's there. As is Dallas Baptist and Air Force in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, the 10. They've got Georgia VCU and Hofstra and Hattiesburg, Southern Miss, the 11. They've got Kennesaw State, Army, and that is where LSU is. The Tigers, the two seed in Hattiesburg. In Louisville, you've got Louisville, Oregon, Michigan, and Southeast Missouri State. 13 seed in Gainesville, Florida. Oklahoma, Liberty, Central Michigan, and then Auburn, the 14 seed. They've got UCLA, Florida State, and that is where Southeastern is sent. Southeastern, a four seed, won the Southland Tournament. They got the automatic bid. Maryland, a 15 seed, College Park. Uh, thought they'd be a little bit higher, but 
Uh, they are one, Wake Forest two, UConn three, and Long Island four. And then in Statesboro, Georgia Southern. So on one hand, they get to host, and they're a top 16 overall. They're top 16 seed, 16th overall. But on the other, Notre Dame? Ooh, Texas Tech and UNC Greensboro. That is an awfully difficult regional for them. There's some really, really good teams there. But that's that's the field of 64 I think, look, LSU being in Hattiesburg is cool. I think overall, I'm glad that UL, LSU, and Louisiana Tech are all, I'm glad they're not in, in this, if they had been in the same regional, even if it was just two of them. I mean, not for all fans, but for some fans, it would have just become about that matchup instead of the regional as a whole. So I really like how these played out. But we're going to talk more about the field of 64 uh, in the 8 o'clock hour with Jay Walker. He's in studio with me. Uh, we'll have open phone lines in the 8 o'clock hour. We will induct a new song into the TTT Hall of Fame. Got more player interviews for you down the line. But up next, Louisiana Ragin' Cajun head baseball coach Matt Deggs. I had a one-on-one with him yesterday, an exclusive, uh, at his office yesterday afternoon after they learned they were playing Texas A&M. And you will hear that conversation Right after this on The Great Scott Show, this is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I'm Scott Prather, and uh, joining me now, the head coach of Louisiana Rage Cajun Baseball. We're recording with him on Monday uh, in his office. And, you know, typically we talk Monday mornings. We wanted to see where you guys were going. Uh, before we get into exactly where College Station just on having this program back in a regional. What does it mean for you and, and to the clubhouse? It's huge, Scotty. It's uh, very redeeming. Uh, it's something that I'm just very, very proud of. I'm proud of these these boys and, and uh, just happy for the community and Cajun Nation and our university and uh, the rope shows and just just the the crazy part about UL is it means so much to so many people on different levels and different meanings and uh, that's the cool part about Cajun baseball is it means something different to different people and but the connection and the tie and the fabric runs real deep and so uh, what what your motivating force or factor might be totally different than somebody else's, uh, but we're all connected because we love this university and this program and, and the city. And uh, so to see us get back where we need to be was pretty cool. What is it to you? You said it means different things to different people. What does it mean to coach? It Bates? means blue collar, hard nose, never quit. Uh, you know, the drink out the water hose. Uh, that's who we are, you know? That when I was a kid growing up, that's what I envisioned. I envisioned dirty uniforms when I thought about the Cajuns. And I was blessed to come over here and, and found out that's fact. And, uh, you know, I just, it, that's what it means to me is uh, transcends baseball. It's more about who you are and what kind of man are you and how do you go about your business. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, let's talk about this yesterday a little bit. It's, you know, it's for coach and, and it's for the boys that meant so much to me in 13 and 14. And, 
then I've grown to love this team as much as any that I've had. And, uh, you know, I think about my family and everything that we've been through over the last three years, as well as a bunch of other people, but I can only speak for our journey. And uh, it's been arduous, uh, yet uh, a blessing. And, you know, it's blessings aren't always easy. And uh, it's been trying, but yet rewarding. And uh, I'm, I'm fortunate to have my family by my side because they've pushed me and kept me going. And uh, so have these kids. And, and, you know, to see that dog pile yesterday and hug the coaches, it was, uh, that's why you do it. And so that's a life-changing event for those boys. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it takes our program and, and exalts it once again to to where it can be and now it's up to us to not only maintain that but now to keep moving it forward and uh, those moments are hard to come by i've been fortunate to have a bunch of them but don't take them for granted man because you don't know when the next one's coming coach matt deggs our guest you mentioned your family a minute ago you mentioned coach Rowe, not by name but you mentioned coach everyone knows and You've been asked a lot, right? The 36th win. The emotions were, were very high yesterday after the game. Um, when you think about the journey since, you know, I, I won't even say since you got here, but I'm, I've, I've got your book right next to me. You're going back to the College Station Regional. And you said to some of us the other day, you know, it wasn't the best time in my life when I was there. Um, but your journey from, from then until now and in that moment on Sunday, I know it's just a part of a longer journey, but why why do you keep, I guess, drawing back to faith, family, and baseball? Because I believe everything is ordained and, and uh, you know, Romans eight twenty eight, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And those he called, he also predestined. And I'm a huge believer in that. And Here's the thing, and I was telling the team this morning, is you can be called and you can be predestined and God has a plan for you, but he also blessed us with something called free will. And you can fall off of that path real quick, real easy. And uh, that's why I believe redemption and grace are such, you know, the most powerful things on earth and, and or that we know of, that emotion. And uh, I, don't, I, just, I don't believe there's any accidents. Uh, if you're bold and you walk with the Lord, I don't believe in accidents. I believe in faith and action, and uh, you make your own way. And it's it's crazy the way things come all the way around. And, uh, you know, 15 to 28, and Kathy just texted me, you know, it was 2007, the Cajuns were in the regional at A&M. Mm-hmm. That was 15 years ago, and just crazy stuff 15 28 36 they're yeah, all kind of connected it's, it's crazy but you know this isn't about us we're just a part of this journey it's uh it's about this program and this team and and uh you know the work that they've put in and never quit and just kept going and uh you know put themselves in a position to be champions and then went out and seized it that's pretty cool Coach Matt Deggs, I guess. You mentioned your wife, Kathy. Um, You know, not just in baseball. The fortunate thing in this job is I've gotten to know a number of coaches in different sports. And all sports are different, but one message that every coach has told me is it's it's hard to be married to a coach. Um, What's what's the support been like from from her and your children? And do they – 
some coaches say, man, they, you know, Coach Desimo jokes. He's like, you know, they say it doesn't matter what happens on the field, not at my house. They kind of live and die by each game. Yeah. Other coaches say, you know, it's different. It's totally separate from my job. What's what's it like in the Degs household? Mine has been uh, a little more on the separated side because, you know, and it's probably a blessing for us and me is they do their thing and I do mine and I don't have to come home and, you know, relive it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's begun to change some too, right? With the kids getting older and more invested and they understand what's at stake. And uh, so, I mean, they're, yeah, they're pretty into it. I can tell you that. Uh, but to a point, uh, you know, thank God Kathy didn't play softball and she doesn't know. Right. They're invested, but they're invested because I'm dad and husband. Sure. And uh, which is totally different than being invested because you know, we're eating up with it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, so for me that works because uh, I've got to be able to compartmentalize. This is this and that's that. And if not, I, you know, I'll take it home with me and I don't want to do that. And so that's uh, the, the two things that will kill a coaching career real quick are, are money and, and, you know, a relationship that's not supportive of it. And generally the two are tied, right? Because you're going to start at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And that's why you don't see many guys get past a certain point because, you know, that in that marriage there's going to be, hey, look – I've been supporting you. Is this going to work or not? You're only making this amount of money, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to see it all the way through. And it's a tough business. You have to be married to a very supportive woman. And uh, unfortunately, I am. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Coach Matt Diggs, our guest. We're talking family. And you said uh, on Sunday, you know, other than your wedding day, birth of your children, the next best thing in life are moments like that when – you see a group of young men come together as a team and their hard work pays off. Uh, it was quite the tournament, Coach. I know it was only three games, but I, I could. I know you're busy, so I don't want to talk to you a ton about it, but just a few things. I mean, on Saturday, Jacob Schultz's performance, man, uh, most outstanding player in the tournament, but <laughs> I talked to him earlier today. He's like, Mar was a little sore, but, you know, once I, once I kind of started hitting the slider, I realized I'm – I'm good. Like at the end, yes, yeah, some of it was adrenaline, but a lot of it, I just, I just felt good. I mean, when you, how do you know as a coach when a guy on a certain day just has it? You know, he. It takes him a minute to get lathered up, and uh, what it take a couple, two or three innings. When I see a guy getting ahead as quick as he was and getting misses, and then he's able to command not only the fastball because that's where it starts, mm-hmm. but an out pitch. And he's doing so really easy. Then that's what you call being in a rocking chair. It's it's uh, it's on cruise control. He's not having a labor. Uh, he's able to locate. He's ahead. He's in and out of at bats. And that's what was happening. And it was fun to watch. Those are the moments you dream of, but you don't get them very often, right? Because you don't go out there with your best stuff. Not nearly at all, all the time. It's uh, you know once a month maybe. And then the separator are guys that can just out-compete you and pitch. And uh, those are the really good ones. But he had his stuff. He settled in. He got lathered up. 
and it was on autopilot, man. And it was uh, it was pretty cool. So never say die group. You're down five nothing in the third yesterday, and uh, a quick response in the next inning, and then as it all played out, there you are down yeah. one in the ninth, and you go into Will Vey on. You say, "I'm gonna pinch it for you." What did he tell you? <laughs> says no man i'm gonna drive him in you're not gonna punch it for me and uh i appreciate that about will he's an intense competitor and and uh, he works as hard as anybody on the ball club he cares as much or more than anybody and and uh he's a true cajun through and through and he told me actually while i was down here it's my birthday i circled this day on my calendar uh i knew we were going to be playing in the championship game i'm gonna do this and i said well improve it let's go and uh, sure enough, he put himself in a corner. So he had, you know. He backed it up. He was a man of his word. Uh, how much give and take, it, it, I, I'm guessing it's different player to player, but how much give and take do you, do you have as a coach with a player? In you have to earn that. Situation? You have to earn that. Gotcha. And uh, that's not going to go down like that without a relationship and without trust. And, uh you, you earn it because I can depend on Will. And I'm not saying I can depend on him to get game-winning hits all the time. I can depend on Will to be the same guy every day. I know he's going to work. I know he loves his teammates. I know he's unselfish. And I know he loves to compete. And to me, you earn the right to stand up for you know what you believe in at that point. And I don't think it's disrespectful. I think it's called being adamant. And, uh, you know, it's uh, but that takes time to build that to build that rapport. And when you get a rapport with your team and with, especially with a group of hitters, and you get a rapport and a trust, uh, that's how you can do things like you saw us do in the ninth yesterday. There's not every group that can do that. I asked Austin Perrin, I said, his relationship with Coach Deggs, he said, it's great. I said, is it give and take? He's like, a little, It, it, it depends on everything, right? It depends on the factors. He said, but I will add this, he was the perfect guy to become the coach when, when Roe passed away. When you have a team of players, of young men that believe in you as a coach, it's earned, it's not given. No. Man, what, what, just just hearing it, it's just, you know in your heart whether you do or you don't, but whenever you, you hear that from a player that's been That's been pretty cool, while. man, because look, all you can do as a coach or leader, whatever it is, is be who you are. And give them all yourself and let them see you love and laugh and cry and sweat and bleed and compete right there with them. And you own your stuff. Uh, And they understand that I need them more than they need me. And they've learned to take ownership. Then I think you get that respect and it goes both ways. Let's talk baseball coming up in the regional TCU on Friday, 7 o'clock. Uh, you played them last year. I mean, I, I'm recording your office with you on Monday. I see Coach Thibodeau in the back. He's working. I see TCU rosters. I mean, the the, the work immediately begins when yeah. you part of the opponent. Um, first first opponent in there, TCU. What are your early thoughts? Well, Selection Monday is the best and busiest day of the year. Uh, and you're okay with that because you want them to call your name. It's better than the alternative. Trust me. And, you know, I've been fortunate to be in a lot of these, but I've also been fortunate not to be. And uh, I say fortunate not to be because it'll motivate you to come back even stronger. But uh, it's a it's a it's a great day when your name's called. 
Uh, but you got to start gathering information on three opponents. And uh, what happens from here goes by real quick. And I was telling our team that in a meeting. And it's kind of a double hit on us today because, like I said, I got in bed at 3.30 this morning and kids haven't slept. So in a normal situation, you'd go to the selection show, meet with the media, get out to practice. And then coach or two would stay behind, start gathering information. But we're not in that spot right now. We need a full day, day and a half. to. Uh, it was just it was a taxing weekend. We were there a week. Uh, and, I mean, yesterday was taxing. And then we got in at 3. And it's, uh, it's going to take a second. But that's okay. Look, right now, I think rest and recovery and confidence. And, and we're so athletic and strong. I think being on a full tank is more important than being uh, prepared, if you will. I know that sounds crazy, but... The rest is important. Look, we've had 57 games to prepare. This is just going to come down to to brass tacks. Who can play baseball when it matters? College Station Regional as a whole, when you saw it, what was your initial thought? Well, there's no accidents. Like I said, man, it's crazy. Uh, I don't... When it comes to regionals and pairings, I don't think there's advantages or disadvantages. I think uh, if you want to get to the top, i.e. Omaha, you have to be willing to face and take on any venue, any night, any day, whoever. If you can't do that, then you probably shouldn't be there. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I obviously spent six years there. I love that ballpark. It's a hitter-friendly park. Uh, and it'll be a great atmosphere. Uh these kids have played in great atmospheres. I'm partial to ours here, so it's not going to be anything they haven't, you know, seen or yeah. been through. Baggy uh, faithful or passionate people, and and uh, TCU. There's a history there, and now there's a coaching change, and there's a history amongst those staffs. The guys I were with were let go last year, so uh, you know, it looks like. I'll be on my own going back over there. So it's uh, it's a crazy ride, crazy story. And there's there's plenty left to it. I know you guys' goal is to – it for multiple reasons, I understand why it's emotional. Uh, Sunday and why it's emotional to be there. But you told me before we started recording, right, we got one goal in mind, and that's to go win it. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Coach Matt Daggs has been our guest in the uh, final thing. Any message to uh, to the fan base before we uh, we let you run? Let's keep going. Let's keep going. You guys have pushed us this far. These boys feed off of you guys and uh, best in the country. They're non-comparable. I don't even compare them to anybody else. Let's keep going. Let's make them run out of beer, everything else, parking spots, whatever, hotel rooms. Let's keep going. Take that place over like we did in 07. And, uh, of course, I was in another dugout, but... It was naughty. I remember Jeffrey T- Jeffrey's Tadford's catch really well. It was, yeah, uh, too. It was it was a great it was a great atmosphere, Coach. I also know how busy you are today, and uh, really really appreciate yeah, you taking man. the time. Thank, thank you, thank you so much. That is Ragey Cajun head baseball coach Matt Deggs. Good stuff from Coach Matt Deggs. Appreciate him taking the time. Man, they were uh, they were busy, and you could tell they hadn't really slept much at all. And so right now that you need to get some rest from a preparation standpoint. They've had 57 games to prepare for what's going to unfold this weekend over 
in College Station. I'm Scott Prather. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. We'll have that uh, conversation posted up on our website for you a little later on this morning. Jay Walker is scheduled to join me in the 8 o'clock hour in studio. We're looking forward to that. Didn't get to have Jay on last week, but we'll induct a new song into the TTT Hall of Fame as well as, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk plenty about NCAA regionals and the Cajuns and the Sunbelt Tournament and obviously a lot of UL, but the regionals as a whole and some of the big surprises, among other things, and what the committee did. We're going to get into a lot of stuff with Jay. Looking forward to that coming up a little bit later on. One more player interview for you right now. You heard Austin Perrin earlier. He and Jacob Schultz, two guys that played for Coach Robe and are on the team now and in a regional. And Jacob Schultz, the most outstanding player in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament, just had an incredible performance on Saturday uh, through 141 pitches. Just the, the game of his life, honestly. And they needed all of it uh, to get that run one run win over Georgia Southern, excuse me, over Texas State. So uh, we had a conversation, not a conversation. We had media availability. Uh, Kevin Foote and uh, Raymond and myself were able to chat with him yesterday. So you hear each of our voices a little bit, and uh, Jacob Schultz answering the questions about everything from the 36th win to how his arms feeling and more. This is it right here on the Great Scott Show. Rage Cajun pitcher Jacob Schultz. I was like uh, expected. I, I was, you know, you see Twitter, there's all like the projections. Um, I saw like Hattiesburg and uh, College Station. I figured we'd go to one of those. I think Miami was in one of the projections too. But I'm happy we're going to College Station. I think it'll be fun. Talk about this team's ability to play with pressure. Y'all got down far then and didn't seem to blink. Y'all gave up a run in the bottom of the eighth. Didn't seem to blink. You just went right back out. What's the key to this team's playing with pressure so well? You know, in the uh, in the fall, we used to always practice called the the pack innings. It's like seven, eight, nine. It's like where you close on people, and uh, we're always, I feel like we're the best in the late innings. Um, the last couple games, we've kind of been like a little slow starting with offense, and then like yesterday after the third, it was, we were going from there, and we didn't stop. So we've always found a way to bounce back, stay in the game, and won. You're one of only a few players that played at UL for Coach Rowe. Right. The 36th win to get into the postseason. How much was that discussed prior to yesterday's game and, and afterwards? Uh, AP's dad, Tim, uh, he was wearing a 36 shirt, so uh, I saw him prior to the game, and we talked about that for a good minute. And, I mean, after the game, we heard it was the game ended on 436 and the 36th win. So it was pretty cool, pretty special. How do you feel after that, your outing on Saturday, and will it have any impact in your next outing? Uh, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely sore after that outing, but uh, if you were to ask me to do it again for those guys, I'd 100% do it again. No regrets. I mean, it got us to where we are today, so I have no, no complaints. Would you feel okay? Yeah, yeah, I feel fine. Um, I mean, I'm a little sore still, but we'll work through that. I got a week, so that's as expected. You know, when you get in the zone like that, is there a moment in time, a certain pitch during the game where you realize I've, I've just got it? Uh, well, with the Texas State game, I started using sliders more. I started like pitching backwards almost, and I think that was like the turn because uh, after that second inning. 
I was like fastball relying early, and then uh, I switched to sliders. So I started going soft early, and then uh, after that, I started rolling. That's when I started. I don't usually strike out 12. I'm usually like below five. I just get ground ball stuff like that, and I get my 12. So I guess switching up worked out. And I started rolling from there. And then at the end of the game, were you still feeling fresh, or was it more, um, I don't know, just adrenaline at that point? Uh, probably a mix of both. I mean, I felt fine. I'm usually, I mean, I'm, I think I'm in pretty good shape. Um, it was 140 pitches. I was still at 90. I was, I think I sat 89. I was up to 93, I think. Uh, I think I was still, I had 91 in the ninth, so I still had. I still had endurance after the ninth through 140 pitches. So you weren't on fumes. You wouldn't think. You wouldn't no, I, could, I could have kept going. I literally could have kept going. <laughs> how good? How good does it feel? I mean, you guys made a, a run in the conference tournament last year and just fell short. How's it feel to finally kind of break through and get back to a regional for the first time since 2016? Uh, it's incredible. I mean. This is what we where we expect to be. We all expect to be here. And uh, last year we just fell short. Um, and then this year we punched through like we should have. So it's not so much like we're like happy to be here, but we expect to be here. This is like this is where we should be. Good stuff from Jacob Schultz. Who again that performance was just unbelievable. All right, we're going to take a timeout. Coming up next, we'll open up phone lines three three seven two six nine ten seventy seven. NCAA regionals. We'll take a look at where some of the other teams in the Sun Belt in the state are heading, and we'll talk NBA Finals. It's set. Warriors Celtics. Will it even be a series set to begin on Thursday night? Don't go anywhere. The Great Scott Show continues right after this on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. You, my friend. I'm glad I did this test on you, the friendship test. What? You got the best seat in the house. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Phone lines now open, 337-269-1077. It's been all college baseball so far this morning. The NBA's finals were officially set Sunday night after the Celtics escaped a late surge from the heat. I mean, it was it was kind of a, a look. They they had game six was a good game. We finally got a good game in the conference finals last Friday night. It took a lot of games, but we finally got a good one in the conference finals. And then game seven, it, it the last few minutes were very entertaining because they were nerve wracking in a lot of ways. Like, oh my god, is Boston going to blow this? Oh my god, is Miami going to pull this off? But. The game itself, for the most part, wasn't all that great. I mean, Boston was kind of cruising, wire to wire, felt good. But the last few minutes, here come the heat. Now, here is the problem with 24-7 sports media, talking head, microcosm of every single play from a star player, the microscope, Jimmy Butler's shot. Jimmy Butler took a three in transition, a wide-open look that would have put Miami up one with 11 seconds left to give them the first lead of the game, 
and would have officially graced what was a 13-point deficit with only a few minutes left. Hit the front iron, didn't fall. Boston got the rebound. Boston won. It was about 196, I think, was the final. The problem is, for so many, that shot just became a talking point of the entire series. Or or Jimmy Butler's entire legacy. Or the state of the heat. It's one shot in a seven-game series. Which, for the record, if you want to talk about the shot, yes, it was a big shot. He missed it. I get it. But it, it just it, it quickly became something more than it was. It was a miss. A shot that... I think Heat fans would tell you they'll they'll take that every time. Not the miss, but if you could have said, hey, man, there's going to be a furious comeback. You got one player on this roster in the moment. You're not going to say Tyler Hero because he's dealing with a groin injury. You're going to say in transition. Jimmy Butler might not have the greatest three-point percentage career-wise. Jimmy Butler has a great percentage when it comes to clutch time. And he realized right then and there, he played 48 minutes. He didn't come off the floor. We got to win this now. or we're, we're, I mean, we're gassed. This is it. Came up short. And now Boston and Golden State are in the finals. I've doubted Boston throughout the playoffs. I'm going to be doubting them in the finals too. I mean, you, you think they can get by Golden State? Key players in this series, okay, other than your obvious Steph Curry's, Jason Tatum's, Draymond Green, Jalen Brown, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins. Guys passed every test so far in his first postseason. And he will be the primary defender against Jason Tatum. Jordan Poole? I mean... I- how is he? How is he? I mean, he averaged thirty-one minutes a game in the first two rounds. How is he going to adjust to the Boston defense, which you know they're going to bring big time? Al Horford finally, after one hundred and forty-one playoff games, most ever for a player to have never played in an NBA Finals, will finally get to do so. Game number one four two. Marcus Smart, it's Marcus Smart time. Says Marcus Smart every time he has the ball. Look, his his absence was felt in Boston's sloppy game one loss in Miami. Despite the national narrative for Boston, for the Celtics, he's actually a calming presence for them in a lot of ways. And then Robert Williams. I mean, talk about Marcus Smart's defense. What about this cat? Protection, above-the-rim finishing. Then you got Grant Williams. Great three-point shooting. Hoping for a good finals because, for the most part, most of the conference finals was not good. NBA finals will start Thursday at 8 o'clock. You can hear the action throughout the finals right here on ESPN Lafayette. Jay Walker coming in studio. Four teams in the Sun Belt in the NCAA Regionals. Four teams from the state of Louisiana in the NCAA Regionals. Louisiana Raging Cajuns in the NCAA Regionals. And it happened after an emotional 
Sunbelt Conference Tournament Championship on Sunday. We got a lot to get into. Don't go anywhere. The Great Scott Show continues. We'll also induct a new tune into the Terrible Tune Tuesday Hall of Fame. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion! With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Ball hit to left center. Marshak. And the kick. All right, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt the call because it's a good one. We're going to listen to it in its entirety in a minute. Jay Walker's in here. Hi. I just want to point out that when you. <laughs> you if, if you listen closely to the beginning, you actually do hear Brad Topham during this. You hear him go. <laughs> listen. The 1 0. Swung on, a fly ball hit to left center. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just... I, I have not noticed that. He's trying so hard not to let out a, yeah! But he's just... He, all right, I'm sorry, here it is. No. Swung on, a fly ball hit to left center. Marshak. And the Cajuns win it! Brandon Talley gets it done! Let's dogpile! Everybody get on top! Louisiana is in the NCAA tournament! The Cajuns win the Sun Belt! Ho, ho, holy cow! The odds were so against them coming in! But Louisiana gets the automatic bid to the NCAA tournament! There it is, the final out for the Cajuns where they officially punched their ticket in dramatic fashion on Sunday in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament Championship. Jay Walker had that call. Jay Walker, my friend, is in studio this morning with me as he is uh, each and every Tuesday. Good morning. How are you feeling? I uh, I feel ebullient. I, 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 I feel wonderful. Good. Good. It's been a long... I mean... It's, I say a long time. It's been a little while since the Cajuns have been in regional. Yeah. And, and, you know, I made the comment to somebody, uh, you know, in the, in the years that I've been doing this, this is the longest I've ever gone without going to a regional. Um, and it, I, I had forgotten what it felt like, not necessarily to win the conference tournament, but to know you're going. And then, um, you know, driving home yesterday, you know, we had the, we had the selection show on the, on the phone and, um, you know, the, where's it going to be and that sort of thing. It, it was a one, it, it, wonderful to be able to go through that again because it had been a while. Cajuns taking on TCU. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit, um, later in the show, but, um, I know for coach Matt Daggs and talking to him and, you know, all the folks 
listen, last hour heard that conversation. You know, he he probably thought they would be there sooner, right? Like for him, he he came in, he's he thinks he can fix anything, which is a good quality. It can be detrimental at times, but I, I know for him, this three years probably felt like like ten to him. Yeah. You yeah. know? You know, I remember the twenty twenty season before it got shut down. We lost the first two games. I think we scored one run. And he, and he, I went down to interview him before the game, and he said, I feel like I'm letting this whole community down after two games as head coach. And, of course, that season, right as they were starting to, you know, get it all together, season got shut down. And then last year, and I'm not going to get into a whole lot of detail, but Tony Robichaud once said, Chemistry will make a great team average or an average team great. And they had issues on that team last year. And um, he had to go fix that, and he did at the end of the season. And what he wound up with is a bunch of guys who had tremendous chemistry. And I, I've i said more than once, this is the huggingest bunch of ball players I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, they, they, they hug each other constantly. And they're all on the same page, and they're all pulling for each other. And the guys that they have in this team right now, it's not about them. It's about each other and getting it done. And they don't care how or who. And when you have that kind of chemistry, you can do great things. And, you know, it 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 had to have been so very difficult for Matt since he got here for a lot of different reasons. And one was trying to restore the program to its previous heights. You're following a man that you say saved your life. And you want to do right by him. And at the same time, you got to do it your way. And I've watched for two years, you know, the fan base be really, really critical sometimes of a lot of the stuff that Matt Deggs did. And it, and quite honestly, it ticked me off. But then I stopped and I thought, and I said, you know what? If you're under the age of 40, Robe's way is the only way you know. He was here for 25 years. And so anytime he would do something that was different from what the fans were used to seeing, whether it was strategy or, uh, you know, uh, changing people or changing the lineup every day or putting a guy in, you're saying, what the hell is he doing in the lineup? He had to go through that, too. And that's okay, because like I said, I, I don't blame the fans for that. They, they, that robe was all they knew. But now we know that Matt Deggs can win with his players playing his style of baseball. His style of baseball is very different from Tony's. And that's okay. It's totally okay. Let me illustrate the ninth inning on Sunday. Okay. You get Hood gets hit by a pitch. He decides to play hit and run. And Brock lines a single. And they got runners at the corners. Now, Julian Brock's two for seven in stolen bases this year. What does he call? He calls a double steal. Mm-hmm. He calls a double steal with Julian Brock at first base. He's not going to change how he, and, how he operates. And Brock is safe. And they tie the game. Then it's time for Vayon. He says, I'm going to pinch hit for you. Vayon says, no, you're not. I'm going to get this done right here. 
Now, Matt Deggs could have said, uh, excuse me, I'm coaching this team. Instead, he patted him on the back. He said, okay, go get it done. And they all lines went in the gap and they win the game. Now, as a coach, first of all, you got to have big ones, okay? And on top of that, you've got to be able to read your players. And when a guy looks at you and says, no, you're not pinch hitting for me because I'm getting it done right here, and it just happened to be on his birthday, to be able to look at him and say, okay, go. go Part of what it. he told him, too, he said, coach, it's my birthday. I knew it was gonna, we were going to be in the final this day. I've envisioned this moment. And I, I asked him, said, how much, you know, how much give and take do you have with players? He said, it depends on the player, and it's something that's earned over time. But sure. Will had earned it. And, you know, and he, he said, look, he, he boxed himself into a corner. So yep. he, he knew he had to get it done, and he said he wasn't surprised when he did. So it, you know, and it was the first time that the Cajuns had won a game all year when trailing after eight innings. The night before was the first time they'd won a game scoring fewer than five runs. And so if you're going to get through a tournament like that, and you've already got three teams in that tournament that know they're going to the NCAAs, I mean, it's a good league and good teams. You're going to have to do something you hadn't done before. And Schultz did it by holding Texas State to two runs. And then the Cajuns did it on Sunday with a ninth inning rally that they hadn't done all year long. And then it happened to be that the feisty Eagles... Would not go quietly into well, the night. Loaded the bases, two outs to bring in Brandon Talley. And, um, well, then you have the call of <laughs> Tops uh, Tally, breathing and Jay's call. Talley, Friday night, had a dream that he was on the field when the last out was made and part of the dog pile. Sometimes dreams come true. It was, it, so there's there's two things here. And it's something, again, I was I was discussing a little bit with Coach Deggs in my interview last hour. Anyone that missed it will have it up for you on the website later this morning, ESPNLafayette.com. Understandably, the emotions were high. Folks from the outside could be like, man, it's a bit over-celebration for, you know, making a regional. It's like, you, you, if, if you're on the outside, I could even understand that, right? But if you, if you followed the team and you understand the significance of what Coach Deggs has been building, the significance of the number 36, all of that, right? Then you get it. But I would tell folks, don't be, like, don't be fooled in that the celebration is, man, they've, they're happy to be there. This isn't like uh, a basketball team that's going to be in the play-in game as a 16 seed that, okay, we made it to the dance. This was our goal. Um, emotions were high for different reasons on Sunday other than just we made it to a regional. They they intend to go in there and compete and win it, and, and we can get into the regional in a minute, but I've seen a little bit of that. Oh, man, they're celebrating like they just won the World Series. What's the big deal? I'm well, like, there's, you, there's, there's a backstory here. When you win a conference tournament, you always celebrate. Championships are meant to be celebrated. And, and, and I'll... I'll tell you a little story. Thursday night. I'm depressed. I was depressed. Because I was looking at Tim Perrin, Austin's dad. Five years he had invested in this program. Tim Perrin made almost every road trip. He was here every weekend. I looked at Brandon Talley, big Brandon. You know, for the last couple of years. Every trip, he's there. 
He's in every weekend. I looked at Danny and Vivian Brock, Julian's parents, made two-thirds of the road trips, and would, they were in Lafayette every weekend. Now, the, and, there's, and, and Dustin and Kelly Brandon, Jonathan's parents, who had made quite a few trips over the last few years. And I include Julian in this because he's a draft-eligible sophomore, and, and this may be his last performance as a Cajun. I looked at them, and I said, they're not ready for this to be over. And I'm not ready for this to be over for them. Mm-hmm. And we were playing South Alabama the next day, and all bets are off when the Cajuns and Jaguars get together. Now, after the victory on Friday, I was better. But I'm going to tell you something. You know, Tim Perrin, for those folks that don't know him, he's a gregarious sort with those uh, those hometown videos. He he came. He was hilarious. He came in and started yelling and screaming during the video and said, come on, we got to get to the ballpark. Tim Perrin's an oil field salesman, okay? He uses a lot of bad language. Um, but he's a teddy bear. He's a big man. And after the game Saturday, I saw him after the game, and he's crying. And he says, we got to get this done tomorrow. We're going to get this done tomorrow. I'm going to wear my 36 shirt, and he's a 4X. So there's a lot of 36s on that shirt. And we're going to get it done. But but he's, I mean, that big man was, he was just so emotional. And I saw him at breakfast the next morning, and he's still fighting back tears. And so, you know, if there was a great celebration after the game, it's okay. It's okay. Um, you know, I, I, I went down on the field, okay, after we signed off the air, and I ugly cried for a minute. Brad said, I'll pack up, because he had already been downstairs doing the, the interview with Deggs. He said, I'll pack up, go downstairs. And so I did. I went downstairs, and I hugged a lot of people, and I hugged a lot of ball players, and I hugged Tim Perrin, and he's still crying. Um, those relationships, I think, that you build over the years are important. And I was just so happy for those folks that I just mentioned, plus... Connor Kimple's parents, who have been down here now almost a month from Whitefish Bay, Wisconsin. Um, and um, uh, Sandy Wilson, uh, Jeff's mom, who is there every week. She was not, she's not a party person, okay, but she was there every weekend. And, and they get another week. And sooner or later, this is going to come to an end for them. But their sons walked off the field as champions. And nobody's ever going to take that away from him. Big moments. 36th win of the season. It's been well documented. It's been talked about. Um, 436, all that. You know, it... it yeah, oh, yeah. We didn't... We didn't uh, emotionally... We didn't react at all when Colleen sent that text. Right. You, you mentioned Colleen. That is coach, you know, the late coach, Tony Robichaud's wife, uh, sent a text to you and Brad, said the last out was at 436. Um. Yeah, there's a lot of numbers connected, man, and it's it's interesting, you know, talking to Coach Deggs, fifteen to twenty eight, and if you've read his book, and he talks about his time at A and M and as, as an assistant, and he's like, look, it's it's mixed feelings because those weren't the best years of my life as a as a man, right? And and his struggles with addiction and back back then, and he said, 
you know, last time the Cajuns went to A&M Regional, I was there. It was 15 years ago, and I brought up Jeffrey's Tadford's catch. He said, I remember that one well, too. But um, there's there's a lot of connections here. And so now you got UL heading to the College Station Regional. And I, I tweeted this out yesterday right after the announcement, and I said it earlier this morning. I'm I'm glad LSU and La Tech and UL are all in different regionals. Um and I'm I'm wishing all the Louisiana schools well. I know some listeners aren't, whatever, to each your own. But for some, not all, for some fans, it would have become about that other team right. more than the regional as a whole. And right. so that's I not even it's not even you. part of it. You know? Right. And and I you know, and, and I'm I'm just I'm just glad. I'm glad it's about this. A and M is a team that is really good. They're ahead of schedule. TCU's good. They'll play the Cajuns. Um you know, on Friday, and then you have Oral Roberts. I don't know a ton about them, uh, but it is, uh, it's good to be back in the postseason and for a program whose standard is a regional, that's the standard. Each year you want to be in a regional. It's, it's good they're back in it. And when you look at this regional, let me tell you this, Jay, you were, you were driving back, I guess, yesterday when it was announced. When you found out College Station Regional, what's the first thing that popped in your mind? Um, that I wasn't surprised you know, if it would have been anywhere other than College Station or Hattiesburg, I would have been surprised. So there was no surprise there. Um, I, you know, I look at the field and I'm going, okay, Texas A&M is one of the great stories in college baseball. Last year, they didn't even qualify for the SEC tournament. Crazy. And now they're a national seed, top five national seed. TCU is the regular season Big 12 champion. This is the first time that the Big 12 champion has not hosted a regional. So we know how good they are. So this is a pretty rugged field. You know, Oral Roberts is the, they're the, like the perennial champion in the Summit Conference. And they, and, and, and it, they, ha, they are not a typical two and out regional team. They, they're very competitive. So this is, this is a difficult regional. Now, I don't think there's any such thing as an easy regional. And let's face it, you could be Texas State. Who got sent yeah. out to Palo Alto? That's actually where I was going next. How surprised were you that they got sent west to the number it's, two overall seed? And you see Santa Barbara's out there with them. That's a tough. Draw. Oh my gosh! It it and and it was funny because we're all sitting there, um, after after the game, and we're celebrating, and we're all talking. And, and the the folks that I mentioned, okay, we're all there, and then Scott and Lisa Toit were there too. Now. They're Aggies, okay? They're Texas A&M grads, okay? So, so he's, he's pumping College Station, and he said, I hope we get sent there. And I said, I don't care if we get sent to bleeping Palo Alto. We're going. And then this thing gets unveiled, and Texas State, Austin is 40 miles away. Texas State gets sent out to Palo Alto, and I, I, I texted Brant Freeman, and he said, we're stunned. This is a brutal draw. And it is. Um, I couldn't. I was just, uh, I, I, was, I was stumped when I saw that. And, and we, you know, you knew Georgia Southern was going to host, but, boy, they have some pretty good teams in that. Yeah, point. Texas Tech and Notre Dame are there. Um, <laughs> well, you know, this, it was interesting this year, okay, with what the committee did. Because geography be damned, okay? They didn't care about geography. They cared about trying to balance the regionals. 
And um, some, I think, on paper, more difficult than others. I was glad that Georgia Southern, even though they lost, still got rewarded with a host site. I, I think that's that's tremendous for our league. Every year, the committee, they have the same criteria, but some years they emphasize one more than the other. Last year, it was the RPI. Everybody in the top 40 in the RPI was in the tournament. That wasn't the case this year. This year, it was what was your non-conference strength of schedule like? And that's why NC State is sitting at home, the biggest snub of all of them. And it's why Grand Canyon, despite an RPI of 50, Antelopes. Is, is, uh, is, in the, is in the tournament. It's why Dallas Baptist, despite stumbling down the stretch, got an at-large bid. Um, so that part of it was interesting. But, you know, usually if you're going to put together a mock bracket, geography is going to have a lot to do with mm-hmm. it. I think the, the reason the Cajuns aren't in Hattiesburg is because they played a three-game series with Southern Miss earlier in the year. I think the reason that Texas State's not in Austin is because they played them back-to-back nights during the year. I think the committee tried to stay away from um, rematches. rematches. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the committee did that on purpose. So we'll see. You know, you know, Georgia Tech and Georgia could have been sent to Georgia Southern, but Georgia Southern played them both during the regular season. Um, Kennesaw State could have been put there, but... During the regular season, Georgia now Southern played LSU. So I, so I think they tried to stay away from that, and and I'm good with that. I'm, I'm, you know, um, just from an ambient standpoint. I mean, we, you know, we're going to be at Pete Taylor Park every other year from now on uh, at Southern Miss. I think going to College Station's cool. They had not refurbished their stadium the last time we were there, so it's going to be a brand new ballpark, and. Um, Certainly looking forward to it, but it was a, um, I, I'm telling you, Sunday, Sundays, that's, this is a weekend I'll remember always. That's um, awesome. It was just so incredibly special. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports, great Scott Show. I'm Scott Brazier. That is Jay Walker. Phone lines, will open them up, 337-269-1077, 337-269-1077. Let's uh, head to the phone lines now. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Hello. Go ahead. You're on the air. I said good morning, fellas. How y'all doing? We're good. Uh, look, uh, there's so many things I can say what happened on this weekend, how great it was and everything. But, Jay, what I want to know from you is we got a we, we got a very special team, a lot of grit. I mean, they're pretty evident about that. But tell me what you think about that shortstop we got out there, uh, with the, the performance he had in that tournament. I mean, that, that, that guy there is going to be something special. I mean, he already is, but he's he got a long way to go to be a lot better. But that guy, he is very good, Jay. You know, from the, from the moment he got there, the moment's never been too big for him. And, and he has never played ball from a mental standpoint like a freshman. And he has, um, he's risen to the occasion on, you know, more than once he's played, he's played great defense all year long. He, um, but, but the moment's not too big. I mean, it, oh, is it my turn? Okay, let's go. You know, and that's been his attitude since he got there. And I love that about him. You know, I know coming from a, a great high school program, like he came from, you know, a winning with a part of his culture there. And, uh, you know, I know he took that to, over here with us, but you know, 
He almost kind of reminds me of a right-handed Cheryl, uh, 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 Jesse Cheryl. You know, you just can't get him out. You know, Cheryl's always punching the ball to left field. Well, here comes the ball. you got two strikes on him, but he's just going to be punching the ball to right field all the time. I asked Kyle DeBarge yesterday if his approach mentally is different when it's a clutch moment, right? Does the game slow down? Is it a little different than whenever it's, you know, inning one of game one or week one? And he's like, no, it's the same. <laughs> you know, and I think it goes back to what Jay was saying is he's just so calm and, you know, it, it can come off like, man, he's so laid back. But there's an intense competitor oh, no, he's, underneath he's definitely that. definitely intense. Right? Yes. But it, I think it's just a, a there's a calmness to his approach to baseball, and it, it doesn't mean that it's a too cool for school thing. It's just that's his demeanor, and and that's it works for him, obviously. You know, when I let y'all go, I would have loved to hear heard that whole conversation between Bayon and uh, Dave when uh, Dave told me to pinch it for him. Yeah. I know we got the PG version, but for I would have loved to hear that whole conversation. So if y'all have a good day, and Jake, uh, good luck. Bring back the original, buddy. Thank you very much. You mentioned TCU. Cajuns will play them 7 o'clock Friday. Um, Big 12 is the third best conference in the country when it comes to RPI. TCU is the regular season champ, and they're not hosting. But they're really good. Their head coach will not be coaching them on Friday. I think he has to serve game two of a two-game suspension. Huh. Yeah. No, I did not know that. Kirk Sarlus. Sarlus, former major leaguer. Spent um, many, many years as the pitching coach there. And and he, other schools have been trying to hire that guy for years. And uh, and he's always said no, he was going to stay. And then when Schlossnagel left to go to Texas A&M, you know, he was elevated to the head coaching position. Yeah. <laughs> the... See, there, there, is, there are some stories behind the stories here. You know, you've got TCU and A&M. You've got the former TCU coach going against the current TCU coach. Then you've got Matt returning to College Station, uh, where he was an assistant coach for many years at A&M. So there, there are a lot of mini stories in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some moving parts here that are going to be interesting to see how they unfold. I just, you know. And, you, you know, the Cajuns are going to play TCU and... You know, last year they came to Russo Park, and a guy named Arigetti stuck it right to him. So it's uh, it's going to be an interesting weekend. And I, I just think, how is that going to impact the team not having their head coach in a regional? And some of the, you know, I, I, it's only the first game because they he got ejected for I don't know he went overboard, but it wasn't a, a conference thing; it was an NCAA thing. And then they lost to Oklahoma State, so he still has one more game to serve and. I just know that if if Coach Deggs wasn't with the Cajuns for game one, it, you can do all the preparation you want, but when it gets to end game, things are a little different. I don't, will, will that be a storyline? Time will tell, but it's uh, it's something to keep an eye on going into this. It will be uh, it'll be a fun time, and um, I'm I'm really really looking forward to it. I maybe it's because it's the most recent one, but. I don't know if I've ever been involved in a championship that's been more gratifying than this one. Um, and like I said, maybe it's because it's the well, most recent. I think I, I I could understand. I mean, that's part of it. But 
It's been a while. It's been, it's You've been a while. You've never had to wait that long as, as the play-by-play guy. It has the backstory. It's Degg's first one as the head coach. You didn't know you had it until the final out. That's yeah. part of it. It's one thing if you, you know, if they had gone to Texas State a few weeks ago and swept and you felt like, man, even if it was just a maybe, maybe the Cajuns will get in. It feels different knowing like, and, and that's the other thing I'll ask you, Jay. Is it a benefit that this team's kind of been in 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 postseason mode for I don't know the last month because they were in that mode for a while up until Texas State and then it was now we got to win the tournament yet a few games before but it's like it it's it feels like they've been in that we got to win to advance mode for a while now yeah not yeah, just I, not just last weekend they they um yeah I agree with that I, you know I I just look you know. Right after the selection show, you know, what are they saying? Yeah, this was great, but, I mean, they've already turned the page. Jay hasn't turned the page. Jay's still soaking this in. Jay's still <laughs> loving every minute of this. Now, when the bell rings, the bird will fly, okay? But I, I'm, look, I'm, bop, 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 bop. I'm just, I'm still in celebratory mode. And I will be probably until to the end of today. And, uh, you know, I will head west tomorrow. Um and tomorrow, and tomorrow will be a, a personal day because I'm going to go visit with my daughter in Houston. But, um, and then I'm, you know, after that, so let's go to work. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports, Scott Prather, Jay Walker. I'll just say this. Of all the places the Cajuns could have gone, I'm just glad they're not going to Knoxville. And, um... There are 60 teams oh, God. that are really glad that's not the case. And I said, I said to Danny and Colin, you know, it, I said, you know, if you guys host, you're going to be the 16 seed. I said, Colin, you might get to go back to Lindsey Nelson Stadium. And I'm not going to tell you how he responded because you'd lose your license. But, um, you know, those guys, of course, are very good friends of mine. Um and, you know, Danny made the comment to me a few weeks ago. He said, I hope both of us get to go. And yet, after we won that game, he he wasn't smiling. He was, I mean, that's five times in six years to go to the championship game and not win it. And uh, I said, but, dude, you're hosting a regional, okay? That's big. That's that, big. That's huge. A regional that's huge for that pro. program. But, um, you know, the one seed... Number one overall seed. It's not like it's not often that they win the whole thing, but I also think this year's number one seed feels different. I mean, Tennessee is the prohibitive favorite. It's still Miami in nineteen ninety nine, right? Uh, the last time the one I, seed I won. Yes, it's. Been, I, 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 I think. Right. I, I think it is. If Tennessee doesn't win it, that that might be the biggest upset ever. It's just that's how good they. Are. That's how they're good. They, that's how um, good they are. Tennessee, Stanford, Oregon State, Virginia Tech, Texas A and M, who. Where the Cajuns are heading, a And M, by the way, has won their last seven SEC series. Um, Miami, Oklahoma State, East Carolina, those are your top eight, nine through sixteen. Texas, UNC, Southern Miss, Louisville, Florida, Auburn, Maryland, and Georgia Southern. SEC and ACC landing four regionals. Expected it or a little surprise? No, I, I totally expected it. Some, um, some thought there might be more. Yes. Yes. Some uh, thought there might be more and feel like, well, the committee didn't want to give maybe f- 
five, and I, now, I don't buy into that. No, I don't buy into that either. I think I think the committee gave it to the people that they think earned it, and um, nine nine teams apiece overall. By the way, for each of those conferences, you know, I think that for um, some folks expected maybe Auburn not to host and Notre Dame to host instead of five and three. It's four and four. Uh, I got no issues with any of that because if you look. The Pac-12 got uh, Oregon State and uh, Stanford. And the Big 12 got Oklahoma State and Texas. So you went 4-4-2-2, and then you have four others that are that are sprinkled. Uh, you've got the Big 10 is hosting. Maryland is playing in a ballpark that was built in 1954. They're having to bring in portable bleachers and stuff. I thought they'd the, actually be seated higher too. They, and they should have been. They're fifteen. I they was should like, have what? been. They should have been a national seat. I, I thought I, they would I, be. I thought you know, everybody talks about North Carolina State and the fact that they weren't and and I have to tell you, Rutgers is right there with them as far as teams that got snubbed. They did not value the Big Ten very much. Not at all. Um not at all. So happy for John Sheff. Yeah. You know, John Sheff left Maryland. Because he wanted to coach in the ACC. And he took over a very difficult job in Virginia Tech. And that that doesn't have that big baseball tradition. And he's got him as a national seed mm-hmm. this year. Um, I, you know, I think anybody who's been a Cajun fan for any length of time really appreciated John Sheff when he was here. And and I just couldn't be happier for the guy. He's just a he's a great pardon me, just a great guy. ESPN Lafayette best ticket in sports. Um ACC and SEC, nine teams in each. The Big Twelve and uh the Pac twelve got five each, and the next on the list is the Sun Belt with four. Four teams in the Sun Belt, four teams from the state of Louisiana. Southeastern punched their ticket. Right. Uh La Tech and LSU are obviously gonna be in no matter what, and then you have the Cajuns. I think, I don't think Southeastern has has a shot. With respect, I think the other three have. I mean, I, I'm not saying they're the favorites, but I think they all have an opportunity to advance to supers. Well, and they, I think if you look at La Tech, a lot of people listening may not like them. They, I think they have a good. I think they have a really good chance. Jay. That's their first conference championship, conference tournament championship in over 30 years. They never won it when they were in the Sun Belt. And so they're having a special year. They're they're a very good club. I, I are they better than last year's tech team? I I'm going to stop that team short could of that. Hit like nobody's business. I'm going to I'm going to stop short of saying that they're they're as good as last year. But you know, I mean, look, Texas is good, but Texas was the fourth place team in the Big Twelve. They got the championship game, but they were the fourth place team in the Big Twelve. I don't think Louisiana Tech's going to be intimidated. You know, I think that, you know, the, the, the attitude of a lot of LSU fans that, oh, we're going to go take over that regional. Yeah, think back up, Boogaloo. All right. Southern Miss has got a great fan base. And it's not going to now. That atmosphere is going to be. Oh, no, it's, it's going to be it's great. Gonna be, it's it's going to be, be electric. And I, and I have to tell you something. You're going to face, if you're an LSU fan, you're going to face a pitching staff that's as good as any pitching staff you have faced this year if you get past Kennesaw State in the first round. And now, and the reason I say that is because Kennesaw is good. 
Now, LSU fans are going to tot- overlook them because they couldn't spell Kennesaw if you gave them the K and the W. But Good Lord, it's, <laughs> Well, on. I can't spell Kennesaw. Oh, um, Jesus. But, but, you know, they're, they're going to totally overlook them. Kennesaw State's good. But can LSU win that regional? Absolutely. I think they can win that K- regional. K-E-N-N-E-S-A-W. I don't know if that's it. See, I don't either. And, and, no, and I don't have to know because I talk. I don't spell. Um, <laughs> but I'm, you know, it, if LSU fans it. think they're going to roll into Pete Taylor Park and just say, hi, we're LSU, and I we're going to show you what the SEC is all about, you've got Southern Miss sitting at and uh, uh, okay, hide, hide and watch, guys. Because that State is as good a pitching staff as there is in the Southeastern Conference, let alone Conference USA. Well, there are reason, it's a reason they're, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's a reason Southern Miss is hosting. That's it. Um, yeah, that's going to be, there's going to be some great atmospheres across the country, man. Um, some good, strong fan bases, some traveling. But, uh, but LSU fans think they're just going to show up and get tickets. And, and, and I'm just, you know, you'll get tickets when you play Kennesaw State. But best of luck when you're playing Southern Miss. Best of luck getting tickets. That is a how rabid does, fan base. How, how, all right. How does it work with regionals as far as tickets go? I think I don't remember. I mean, I I, I remember you know in 2014 covering you know obviously the Cajuns hosting a regional. I think a super, the number. But, I think the number is 500. Okay, you have to give 500 tickets to each of the visiting schools, and they have to be located between the first and third base dugout. No, in other words, you can't stick them out in the bleachers. Right. I remember Ole Miss having one right. specific section at the Correct. Old Teague So the um, Supers. And of those, basically 75 to 100 of those are going to go to players and their families. And so then, so now you've got, you know, another 400. Um and all the rest, if the home team sells them all, belongs to them. Correct. How much does that ballpark hold? They averaged 4,500 this year. Wow. Now, they did have, for the series against Louisiana Tech, they had over 5,000 fans each time. Now, they've got a berm out there in right field that'll hold a, a whole bunch of people. What's that, a berm? A berm. What is a berm? It's it's a hill. Oh, okay. I've never heard, I, don't know what, I don't know what a berm is. A and berm. and um that you know a lot of those folks that you you buy those areas and and you you know back up your truck and you can cook out there and and do stuff and um it'll be it'll be standing room only when uh when Southern Miss is playing. They're that is a rabid fan base and you know Old Dominion was one of the one of the first four teams left out. Southern Miss is hosting a regional. And um, one month from tomorrow, they will be members of the Sunbelt Conference. You know, you look back to the last time the Sunbelt got four in, I think it was 2014. And 2013. 2013, rather. Okay. And you look at the state of it, and then I remember four years ago, you and I are like, man, what? from a baseball standpoint, this this conference is it's gone down a lot. Now it's back up, and next year arguably is as strong as it's ever been. You know, Texas State and Georgia Southern both have a pretty heavy senior class. Um, but but you're adding Southern Miss. You're adding Southern Miss, and you're adding ODU. Mm-hmm. And it's you know it's not like Georgia Southern's ever bad. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean they're always right there, mm-hmm. and. Um, now, you know, Texas State, 
they got to replace a lot of their slugging power, but their top two pitchers are back. They're they're, they're, they're Friday and Saturday starters. They're, they're going to lose a whole bunch. I mean, that's such a senior-laden team. They are, but um, that has to go to Stanford. And then, and and I'm, you know, I'm talking with uh, Heath Hood's dad, and he says, "Jay, how good is this team going to be next year?" Because the only senior in the lineup is Connor Kimple. And I said, now, I said, you know, let's let's back up a, a little bit because you're probably going to lose Tyler Robertson and there's a good chance you're going to lose Julian Brock. I said, and you're losing three weekend starters. I said, so we got to go get some pitchers. He said, yeah, but we're going to score runs. And, and I agree with him. Cajuns, Cajuns are going to be a good offensive club next year. A&M and TCU and Oral Roberts in the regional with Louisiana. By the way. I, I, can I can I add this? Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people that have been around him know this. But for those of you that had have never have, Brian, Dr. Brian Maggard was at the game on Sunday. And I want you to know something. You talk about a guy who is absolutely a fan. It's Dr. Brian Maggard. I mean, now, now I could I could see him from where I was, okay, and I could watch him cheer, but you know, not a uh, not not above screaming at umpires uh, from time, you know, always respectfully, of course. But you talk about a guy who was into this game on Sunday, and when uh, when I went down on the field um, after we signed off the air. I saw him, and it was like he came over, and and we bear hugged each other. And he, the man, is a fan. In addition to being an ambassador for the school, he's a fan, and I love that about him. I just love that about and him. In the broadcast, Brad's like, "There is a very, very nervous Dr. Brian Maggard pacing down in the stands." No, right I'll, now. I'll tell I'll tell you it, 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 to watch. Uh, Heath Hood's dad, okay, he's standing by himself uh, in a in a row where there's nobody sitting, and he's doing. Somebody said the Leo Mazzoni imitation, but actually Robe was a rocker too, and so he's just like standing there rocking back and forth the entire game. Tim Perrin is sitting on the far end of the dugout, then he's sitting behind the dugout, and then he's sitting up by himself. And he's crying the whole game, okay? He's crying the whole game. And it, it was it was great to watch from, from our perch, watching some of our fans and how they were getting through this game. And um, I was just so happy for them at the end, man. Just so happy for our fans that were there, especially the parents. Sports are special, man. Sports are special. Yep. They're bigger than sports. Jay Walker, Brad Topham will have the calls this weekend. You can hear them on Newstalk 96.5 KPEL, powered by Learfield on the Rage Occasion Sports Network, beginning with uh, 7 o'clock Friday night against TCU. 6.30 on the radio. Who will be without their coach for that game, Kirk Sarlos, who will be serving uh, the second game of a two-game suspension. Uh, and then from there, I, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't seen the rest of the schedule. I know it's all, at, you know, yeah, winner I or loser or who does this or that. I is wanted, it one and seven each day? No, no, no. I think there are three games on Saturday. 
Um, I could be wrong on that. I don't know. I, yeah, I haven't, I haven't even I, looked beyond I Friday yet. I haven't been to a regional in six years. I forgot. Uh, that's going to do it for the great Scott show. Uh, Jay, man, it's great seeing you. I'm uh, happy for you and everybody that enjoyed the weekend. Uh, enjoy College Station as well, and we'll talk to you next week, either about the season that was or a super regional, and I'm sure we'll talk about both regardless and all that and more and have TTT as well. In the meantime, man, uh, safe travels this week. Appreciate Enjoy it. the time with your daughter, and we'll talk to you soon. Go Cajuns. All right. Uh, tomorrow on the show, I know I will have a uh, an interview with Coach Anthony Babineau, assistant coach. We'll chat with him and uh, a number of other things happening as well, working on a couple of interviews, trying to get some perspective from some opposing teams and other outlooks from some other schools, participate in NCAA regionals. That's all coming your way tomorrow on the Great Sky Show. Don't go anywhere. The Dan Patrick Show is next.